Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Marts and Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, me, you idiot. Welcome, everybody, to the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is episode number 177. And if you can believe it, this is the finale of Stranger Things with my friend Liz Hersey. This is episode eight of our miniseries. Liz is right here. How you doing, Liz? I am upside down super dandy, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Not my best one, but whatever. It ties into the episode. No, no, I'm happy. Now, we, we've okay. got... so Okay, so episode eight, the finale of Stranger Things. We've got... So much to talk about, but so this is so, this is so strange. Well, I, ironically, this is strange. Um, so Liz, you, you sort of know this about me. I, I love professional wrestling. Since I, I do know that. Since I'm a kid, I've, I've said, I, I don't know. I don't know how old I was, maybe seven years old when I discovered it. Uh, I've, I've had a love affair with professional wrestling for the great majority of my life. Uh, even at its most silly, I, I, I can forgive it. I, I just, I, I really enjoy it. So I feel like your relationship with wrestling is in many ways similar to my relationship with masturbation. <laughs> I discovered it when I was seven and even when it's got silly, even when it's ridiculous, I've seen it through and I'm still enjoying it to this day. <laughs> and, and. Uh, it, it very often pays off in ways that uh, that you that you can hardly expect. Oh, it, it pays off in the exact same way I expect with <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> I uh, win every round, Martin. I win every round. You are you are the the the, the undefeated, undisputed champion of uh, of of Liz Hersey masturbation. <laughs> So okay, so uh, I'll, I, like I, I won't I won't uh, weigh you down with too much context, but uh, but I, I'll set this up a little bit for you as well as for the listeners. Uh, so so in the WWE World Wrestling Entertainment, they've um, in the last uh, year year and a half they've broken their show up into uh, two separate brands. So one of them is called SmackDown Live, and on SmackDown Live there's a tag team called Breezango, which is a uh, 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 Tyler Breeze and fandango they're 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 uh they're silly like they're meant to be silly so like fandango he started out as a as a ballroom dancer professional wrestler and uh and tyler breeze was like a this douchey supermodel uh professional wrestler uh, and they were always meant to be silly and then they put them together as a, as a tag team and then you know uh they started doing this uh this 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 uh tv parody called fashion files which was um uh, I think it was like, what was it? Like, uh, it was like a Law and Order parody where they were solving fashion crimes because they they call themselves the Fashion Police. And over the last few months, it's evolved because you know, the, whatever it was a silly thing, and you know, they're doing it every week. They would have to evolve somehow, I guess. And so what they started doing is, after a couple of weeks, is they just started they would just pick like just a new TV detective show and just parody that for you know five minutes. 
and uh, and so I suppose they they kind of ran they ran through as many detective shows as they could find. So then they just started find just general just sort of mystery shows. So like uh, they recently did a uh, Twin Peaks, but it was like Fashion Peaks or something like that. Um, so that said, with that with with that context, Liz, I'm gonna I'm gonna play you a, a video. I won't play you the whole video because the, the the whole video is like three minutes long. Um, so I'm gonna jump ahead uh, about two minutes. I'm gonna play this for you, and as soon as we I'm come so back, I'm so glad you recognize my attention span. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes. <laughs> uh, so as soon as we as soon as we play this video, uh, I want to come right back and get your reaction because I want to see if you're feeling the same way that I'm feeling. So uh, okay. so so that's it. Here's here's the video. Clearly, it's the Bludgeon Brothers. That's impossible. There's no B in Brothers. Bludgeon Brothers. Two B's, Breeze. Oh, the B and Brothers is silent. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, things are about to get a little bit stranger-er. As in stranger-er things? Yes, exactly. Well, oh my. Well, Liz oh Hersey, my. right? Tell, tell me I your am, thoughts. I am flabbergasted and I am flummoxed and I think that this really like I'm shocked but it really speaks to how fucking famous we are that now we've got (laughs) ballroom dance pants and breezy Tyler whatever their names were (laughs) that's close enough coming at coming for our wigs Martin I'm telling. They're coming for us. So you have to imagine, I because I mean, Chanel likes wrestling, but she she watches it sparingly. She'll watch the big shows with me, and even then, she'll sort of have she has her favorites, and yes, you know, she'll like she'll pay attention when her favorites are on. She loves the the the, the women wrestlers, so she really locks in for that. But she doesn't watch it every every week like I do. So you have to imagine me on my couch by myself, just watching wrestling. Not, you know, I'm not I'm not waiting for this. I'm not expecting it. And as I'm watching wrestling, and the next thing I hear. Is uh, is is Fandango saying stranger or things? And I was like, wait, did I did I hear that right? And then I'm, now I'm like really paying attention. And then at the end, like visually, they have the whole at the end they they wrap up with the, the logo and with, with the logo, Holy and it says shit. stranger or things. And I'm like, again, I'm like by myself in my living room, like losing my mind, just trying to just trying to work out. Kind of like, like me. <laughs> by myself. <laughs> just like, is this is this some wild? coincidence but then I, I couldn't i couldn't I, I couldn't get there i couldn't get to it being a coincidence there's no way there's yeah no... i always get there <laughs> this sorry is... <laughs> let's make it more about this <laughs> the Linda's masturbation chronicles well, that'll be next <laughs> oh absolutely yeah that'll be yeah that'll be the next uh the next mini series uh but yeah the, the, it, it it you know because i mean here here's i think Here's what I think. I think well, I think a few things. I think at the very least, there's definitely some some connection to the WWE, uh, maybe multiple connections, who are huge fans of Martin and Liz, and they they they've been listening to Stranger Earth things, and uh, and they were like, we need an idea for next week, and they and they're like, oh, we have an idea. 
and they're and they're like, what are the odds that either Martin or Liz not only watches wrestling but watches every week, including a three-minute segment that most people will very likely be uh, in the bathroom during? Well, guess what, guys? I watched it. You I, did watch it. I fucking watched it. And uh, there's there's nothing to do at this point. There's nobody to to call. But but although we can call out the WWE for listen, if you're going to steal, at least you steal really great ideas. Totally. Stranger I mean, things. I you know, and I've been thinking, Martin, that. And I'm not blaming this person at all. So I, I like I have enough feuds. I don't need another one. <laughs> but your Canadian friend and my friend on Twitter, Sin Bodhi, <laughs> is a wrestler. He is absolutely. So you a have ta- beyond beyond your fan fandom, whatever, to professional wrestling. You've had professional wrestlers, at least one, on your podcast. Yeah. And so though you are not a wrestling podcast per se. There has been at least one reason for other wrestlers to listen to your podcast. And then stemming from that, they hear hilarious me talking about masturbating, mm-hmm. get hooked to your podcast, hear the Stranger Earthings, which you've been telling me is doing very well. And then breezy dancing Tyler face <laughs> has this video. <laughs> And and so and then and very recently, very recently, uh, I wouldn't expect you to recognize this name, but my, uh, Nigel McGinnis. A couple years ago, Nigel McGinnis. He was he was on my podcast. He was a professional wrestler. He was on my podcast before he was employed by WWE. Uh, he recently became employed, and so as a as a as a, as a fun sort of you know a throwback. Um, I replayed that. I, I reposted that episode, but with a new intro, kind of talking about you know how he's now currently uh, employed by WWE and how excited I am for him. And that was that was you know may, may, a few maybe a few months ago, a few weeks, a few months ago, recently enough that it is well within the realm of possibility that a current WWE employee uh, could easily be connected to this podcast, and then maybe somebody else takes a listen and then they see a stranger or things and the next thing i know i'm watching smackdown dun, dun, live. Dun. Mm-hmm. and uh and listen mm-hmm. I, i've got to believe i've got to believe that uh whoever it was whoever it was was like you know what the wwe is more famous than martin and liz so nobody's no First of all, Martin and Liz will never find out. Second of all, nobody would ever believe them. <laughs> and, I feel like I feel like the latter is much truer than. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah the, the problem is that they were right on both counts. That uh, nobody will believe us, and they are much more famous than we are. <laughs> but here's what we have on our side, Liz. We have the Gregarian calendar. I think that's the correct term. We've got, we've got chronology on our side. We've been doing Stranger Earth things since fucking I don't know what July, August. We've been doing this for a couple of yeah, months. We recorded the third episode on Canada Day. I distinctly <laughs> remember that. So we've been do- we've been doing this long enough that uh that if anybody wants to wants to doubt our 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 street cred 
we were stranger things before they and for them it, it's a it, it it's a fucking throwaway so i mean well first of all i mean here's what they did in fairness so they did their they did their stranger things uh segment the following week which was on halloween uh so they you know they very you know they, they at least they did it a on halloween and b they did it when the season two of stranger things came out so i mean they their timing was cute but yeah, nice job, like marketing properly. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but our timing was we started this two months ago. Not our style. With the yeah. idea that we would we would. So so, you know, for for, for them, it was it, it would turn into what a, a three minute throwaway silly segment that everybody would 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 forget about, which is fine. But we're we're not going to forget Stranger we're not things. Thinking. Yeah, what, what do they think? We were born yesterday. We've been watching wrestling and masturbating for 20, 40 <laughs> years between the two of us. Jesus Sometimes at the same time. <laughs> well, I've never watched wrestling. <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> but, but let's not, let's not get off the topic here. Prerequisites for figuring this shit out. Yeah. So anyway, Liz... Detectives Liz and Martin have have solved. Not only have yeah, we solved, to, we're called detectives. We're called detectives Liz and Martin Jesus for a reason. Christ, I forgot that part. These guys are detectives. Where I didn't even think about that part. God damn it! I, I don't yeah, even know how to feel about detectives. this. I mean, listen, I, I am I still allowed to love professional wrestling? Because at this point, I'm feeling very torn. <laughs> very torn. I don't know. I feel like if I'm still allowed to masturbate, you're still allowed to love professional wrestling. All right, well, I think... and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving that shit up. <laughs> All right, uh, but but listen, if uh, if the next time you're masturbating, uh, so, you know, somewhere in uh, in you know in the in the episodic series of your masturbatory, uh, you know, whatever journey, the the term stranger or things somehow or another comes up. And we've really got uh, we've really got something on our hands. Pun fully intended. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, all kinds of stuff on the hands. All right. Well, listen, I, I we we've got to talk about episode eight, but I couldn't I could not wait to share this this I don't even know what to call it. it's news. Certainly, it was uh, I, I don't know. I mean, to a certain degree, I guess flattering. I guess, but um, but you know we didn't get credit for it, so it's not that flattering. But but we know at the very least, we know, and now our people know. So there's that. Yeah, yeah, our people know. All right. So uh, episode eight, we are we are wrapping yeah, up. Yeah, the last one, the last one. And it's weird because I got to be honest, I feel like it, it would have felt. I don't know what I expected to feel because we've been like building up to this so much. I think the uh, I think the WWE thing kind of kind of stole a kind kind of kind of stole the steam a little bit because now I feel like all right, well let's fucking talk about episode eight. I guess I don't know. Uh. Yeah, well they're good at stealing stuff, right? <laughs> oh shit, they are. They are. This was exactly. this was not a coincidence. This is not a goddamn coincidence. But whatever, whatever that that we've. We will try that case more fully another day, I'm sure. But let's let, let's talk about episode eight because Stranger Things is 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 fucking wonderful, and season one is goddamned outstanding. And episode eight, the finale of season one, it's as satisfying a, a, a season finale as as you can hope for 
and a television series. So, so yeah. So we'll we'll go ahead and talk about this. Um, uh, first, just a few notes going into it. Uh, this episode was directed by the Duffer Brothers, who they directed the majority of season one. There was a few a few exceptions, but they directed the majority of of the episodes. Um, Sean Levy, Levy, however he pronounces it, but Levy or Levy, we're, we'll be right with one of those. Uh, he directed uh, at least two episodes, possibly three episodes. Um, most of the episodes were written by the Duffer Brothers. They had a few other uh, writers, but they wrote most of them. This particular episode was written by the Duffer Brothers and Paul Dichter, and uh, or or Ditcher, Dichter. I I don't. I've never heard his name. I out think one. it's Dichter. Dichter sounds like a German kind of name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as Paul... I think it was that the Duffer Brothers came up with the story, right? And Paul Dichter wrote it. Okay, that that would actually that's that... what. Yeah. That would make sense. I think it's a, yeah, teleplay by uh, Paul Dichter and story by the Duffer Brothers. Okay, that would so make sense. So I think sense. that basically means, like, this is how we want it to go. You go write it. You go type it, right? And that makes yeah. sense when I tell you this about Paul Dichter. Um, before this episode, for the previous seven episodes of Stranger Things, his official title was Writer's Assistant. Mm-hmm. So they've given him a chance to step up, like yeah, and it, it feels like a, like a nice sort of a charitable move. He was very likely, you know, getting getting coffee and picking up lunch and uh, making sure that the Duffer brothers each had their hair, you know, nicely combed. And uh, <laughs> but he was paying attention. He was paying attention to shit. And then uh, then they got to episode eight, and they were like, "Look, I mean, we've we've basically." It's basically written. The work is basically done. Type it up. Uh, add add a few commas and periods. Uh, maybe you know. Maybe add a line of dialogue here or there if if you see fit. And uh, and you know and uh, and uh, Alakazam, you're a screenwriter. And uh, and that's how it went. And and here's how I know that's how it went. As of yet, episode eight is Paul Dichter's first. And only writing credit. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know what? What a writing credit to have. Right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I, 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 between, between, I feel like there's so many stories going on with this, with this writing staff. Uh, and not just the stories that, uh, that, uh, that we make up here on Stranger Earth Things. Like, yeah. I, well, I say make up. <laughs> They're absolutely true. Everything about, everything that we've said about these writers is, the gospel truth, but then there's got to be so much more. I, I want there to be like a reality series or something. I just just about just about the writing staff. I think it would. I would. I want to blow the lid off of that. Yeah, and by and by a reality series, we mean like scripted based on what you say. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought that, that. I thought that was implied, but yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, I am ready to start day one whenever yeah. you guys need me to be on the writing staff. For the reality I thought the finale could be like Jesse Nixon Lopez's wedding, and, <laughs> and they've lost the rings, and Paul Dichter needs to go find them, and and then there's the reporter from Secretary, uh, and it's, it's just it's just madness. Martin. God damn it's it! Madhouse. Stop teasing me with this show. I want to watch it so bad. Okay, no spoilers, no spoilers for the reality show of the writing staff of Stranger Things because uh, it's gonna. I know it's gonna be my new favorite show. Like I absolutely know it. All right, so here's a here's a quick funny story to get started with episode eight. So uh, as as you very well know, as basically anybody who loves Stranger Things and Netflix go- knows, 
uh, season two of Stranger Things is now available to watch as of October 27th. So that's uh, roughly a week ago as of as of this recording. Um, I have not watched it in not only have I, I haven't watched it in full yet, but I actually only just started it last night. No, and I watched uh, episodes one and two of season two last night. So we just you know, we, we, we just got the tip in, but we haven't uh, we haven't gone full shaft just yet. Full penetration. Yeah, no, no, no full penetration yet. But you know, we're we're uh, we're we're doing you know we're doing some uh, some uh, some tantric stranger things breathing and really really building it up. Uh, so the funny thing is, so last night I put it on and it was sort of it was like this very exciting thing. Like, all right, this is happening. We're gonna fucking this is this is exciting. Uh, and, and there was even like a feeling of like, I don't want to start because as soon as I start, then it's almost over and I don't want it to be over, but we got to start, you know, that, that sort of feeling, which is where I think that the tantric totally. stuff comes in. So, uh, so I, so I went to Netflix, but on stranger things <clears throat> and it starts the next episode. Um, and it, what actually happened is it started episode eight of season one, but I haven't seen this episode for a while, a while. So so we watched we probably watched like five minutes of episode eight season one. I'm thinking, wow, they're like really going deep. They're like going back, and they're making sure we know. <laughs> oh, they're going back to Joyce being interrogated. Fuck, this is cool. Yeah, all right, talking to Doctor Brenner. This is interesting. Okay, and Joyce is giving us like a rundown of all the shit that's happened so far. Yeah, okay, this is this is smart. It's a nice smart way to kind of set us up. Okay, now we're back in the gymnasium with the kids. Wow, they're really going back. They are. They're, they're actually rehashing some stuff that, uh, okay, this is actually very familiar. Okay, wait a minute, what is this? And then I paused it, and Chanel was like, oh, what's going on? I was like, <laughs> I'm feeling very suspicious about this episode. <laughs> Let me check something, and then went to the menu. And sure enough, we were watching episode eight, season one, and not <laughs> episode one, season two. So uh, so I was, I was giving them like all this credit for being so smart for how they how they very, <laughs> very cleverly went back to help set us up and, and take us through. Um, so then, and then, then we, then, you know, then we started season two officially and then, uh, watched the first two episodes, uh, and two episodes into season two, I'm, uh, I'm loving and I'm very happy with it so far. My guess really? is, you, my guess is you finished it. I have no idea. I haven't finished it. Um, I've watched the first five episodes. So, I mean, the, the dick is in, but it hasn't come yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, it's fully in, um, Gotta say, at least episode one and two, I disagree with you. I did not enjoy it very much. Uh, and which, uh, like, I mean, we can talk about that a whole other. Bit. We're, I'm here to honor season one and its glory, mm-hmm. and maybe season two we can save for another day. And I don't want to get go down that rabbit hole too much because I'm sure a lot of listeners haven't are kind of similar to you, haven't started yet or haven't right. seen too much of it. But uh, but yeah, so that that's my t- not to be a buzzkill, sure. but um, it just it's that- the same for me. Hey, that's it, right. It's picking up for me though. It's picking up. I if, have to say, if I if I had to, and again, we won't we, we we won't drop not even one detail. I can I can imagine. I can reflect on the first two episodes for sure, and I can imagine where there might be where there might be some letdown, especially compared to the the beginning of of, of season one. So it, it's easy for me to to imagine that. But uh, but yeah, we'll 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 do something at some point down the line. We'll we'll. Uh, We'll talk about season two, I'm sure. Um, totally. Um, before we get into episode one, though, I do have to say with Netflix shows, I so appreciate their awesome season recaps right before you start the season. With every Netflix show, whether it's 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, House of Cards, um, Orange is the New Black, whatever. They always have like a three minute recap of everything because it's like you forget so much shit. Like oh, yeah. with Stranger Things, I didn't need it as much because I've watched it recently to record this with you. But mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, you like a year or more goes by between seasons and you forget everything. Like, I mean, I'm watching some Netflix shows right now. I, I watched an episode of the crown last night. Could not tell you what happened. Um, <laughs> that's again, I'm going down all these rabbit holes, but my whole point is good job. Netflix on those recaps, because you really bring me back to the seasons. They really are good. And also listen, good job on Netflix for staying consistent with your viewer. I technically left off on episode eight and I forgot. And so when I press play, you didn't forget. So that was my bad, Netflix. You were just doing... You could have reminded Martin that he wasn't watching the episode he wanted, <laughs> Netflix. I mean, drop the ball a little bit there, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the next... The we next, won't beat you up too much. The next move in Netflix is to read my mind and to know exactly what episode of what series I want to watch. That's hey, you, you know that shit's coming soon. You yeah. know it's coming soon. Oh, yeah, it's got to. I, 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 will, I will gladly... Uh, you know, I'll have whatever surgery has to happen to to get a an HDMI cable or whatever you know, plugged into my spine or or whatever. Listen, it's your science; it's not my science. I'm just saying I'll I'll do the work to plug directly in, so you guys can have a direct link to my brain. So then you know, oh, Martin wants to watch episode one, season two of Stranger Things, and you can just start it. Like I don't have to watch five minutes of season eight thinking. I'm watching episode one, season two, and be and listen and being very very pleased. I was like, wow, they're just getting right into this shit. I like it. Yeah, you can put a flash drive in any orifice you please if it gets me my TV faster. That's you know what? That's also true. That's also true. We're only saying true things today. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's let, let's get started. There, uh, similar to last week uh, or last episode, we, we we actually missed a week. I guess that's worth acknowledging. Um, Chanel and I were in New York. I I, I, I might have mentioned that. I feel like I mentioned that. Um, yeah. How was that? It was nice. It was very nice. It was raining. Apparently, it was like uh, it was it was raining for the first time in a long time. But it just happened to be the uh, the weekend we were out there. It didn't it didn't, it didn't ruin anything for us. But it was just. But you know, uh, we were walking around. All, all you know, we didn't have an umbrella because we weren't we weren't expecting rain. Um, so we got rained on for uh, for most of our our stay out there. Uh, we saw our very first Broadway show, which uh, we watched. Uh, we watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was very sweet. Oh, that's fun. It was adorable. And uh, we had plans of watching at least one more Broadway show, but we ended up uh, we, uh, we 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 sort of ran out of time in large part because the. Uh, the three-hour time difference um, fucked with us a little bit. Like we knew what time it was the whole time we were there, but um, our the our first full day there, we we just we we couldn't fucking wake up. We couldn't open our eyes uh, because it was because you know our bodies were like it's way earlier than their clock says, and we're and so so by the time we managed to actually get ourselves up, we lost so much of the day, and then by the time we actually started the day. And got on the got on the train. Well, actually, we had to even we didn't know how to how to use the, the the trains out there, but we figured it out. So it was this whole process. Got the train, got into you know Manhattan, got dropped off at Penn Station, uh, exited, and there was Madison Square Garden. It was all this very exciting New York stuff that uh, we were experiencing. 
But uh, but that said, you know, so much of the day was gone that uh, it was. I think that particular day would have been Sunday. So I don't know if the plays end early, but uh, all the play, all the Broadway shows were ending. It their last shows were at like seven o'clock, and it's not that we got there at seven. But I think we just assumed that we had plenty of time. So by the time we were like, all right, Got well, let's it. let's check some show times. Like, oh, fuck, they're all ending in like five minutes. So we didn't get to watch a second show, but whatever. It, it You know, we'll go out there again someday and watch watch more shows. But anyway, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Hopefully we can meet you guys there because New York is not that far from where, as we discussed. Yeah, absolutely. Previously. 100%. Next, in fact, we'll just make that a thing. Like, we'll... Next time we go out there, we'll give you uh, plenty. Uh, we'll give you a heads up, and uh, and and we'll 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 hang out. Uh, we'll hang out properly. Grab some dinner and watch a show or do something. Solve some crime. Absolutely, some, absolutely. Some title stealing crime. And look, WWE yeah. headquarters. They're in Connecticut. Breezy Fandango. They're in. Uh, to you. I believe they're in Hartford, Connecticut, which is not far from New oh, York. Oh, yeah. So we're going. Mm-hmm. There we're we coming. we we will settle quite a few scores. During that, that we will. Uh, and mm-hmm. it'll be great because they will completely have forgotten that they stole our, <laughs> our idea. And they're like, what are you talking about? I think that might have already happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think that happened as soon as they uh, pressed stop on the camera. It was over. <laughs> <laughs> they were on to other shit. And we're, we're, we're the only ones here uh, that are still uh, holding some passion for this, for this feud. This blood feud is what it is. Oh my god! I'm gonna need to get like a date book to keep all my feuds straight, like a little red book. <laughs> you do have quite a few of them. You really do. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's uh, let's hey, let's do we'll do similar as we did uh, on the previous episode, where we'll we'll basically treat it as a lightning round because even if we try to go quickly, it's still gonna it's still gonna take us uh, probably probably about an hour, even if we go through it quickly. But we'll we'll try to go quickly because there's a lot to talk about. That there is. So again, so ironically, it starts with what I thought was the beginning of season two, <laughs> which is, uh, which is uh, we see Joyce in the in the Hopkins laboratory, and uh, she's 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 handcuffed to a chair. And again, imagine yeah, in my is. in my mind, this is like season two. It's like, wow, Joyce is fucking handcuffed. What's happening? But anyway, uh, she's in a, an interrogation room. She's handcuffed. Uh, Liz gets a little bit squirmy when she sees Joyce uh, handcuffed because she's having Loved it. flashbacks to uh, basically five minutes before she saw the episode. <laughs> and then uh, Dr. Brenner okay. comes in, and uh, and you know now we've got uh, Dr. Brenner and and Joyce. Uh, is th- this is their first face to face as far as I can remember? Does that sound right? I believe so. Yeah, I have so many thoughts on all of this. Well, in that case, you <laughs> you go ahead and jump in. I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. Okay. First of all, the episode starts off. Yep, yeah, like you said, Joyce is handcuffed, and she's yelling, "Let me out!" And I just I I want to see if there's any statistics on the amount of on the percentage of characters in movies and TV shows who yell things like "Let me out." let me go and then the request is granted purely based on that screen like can we just get it like i'm guessing it's got to be zero right yeah yeah. like brenner doesn't just walk right in there like oh oh, let let you go and talking like that like dumb way 11 does when she doesn't understand something like (laughs) that's like so of course um you know he, he doesn't let her go obviously and um and so yeah, he interrogates her, and, and she she's full of piss and vinegar because she wants her kid back. And we also see a little while later, um, 
Hopper being interrogated and the different tactics between interrogating Joyce and interrogating Hopper, like let's just say at Hawkins Lab, chivalry is not dead. It's, it's not to, you know, we, we've got like, okay, first of all, Warner, like he, he's very soft-spoken and that's lovely, but you look creepy as fuck, Dr. Brenner. Who do you think you're comforting when you're being all silver-tongued? Because you weren't comforting to Karen Wheeler last episode, and you're not comforting to Joyce now. Maybe let's pick someone else. Yeah. Could we possibly do that? Like, maybe, like, a Jolly Santa type or something like that? Like, can you resurrect Benny Hammond and get him to do it with it? Like, like here's some ice cream and some french fries. Like, can we maybe get that <laughs> going on? So yeah, so basically, um, that those are my thoughts. <laughs> that, like, we, you know, he's he's very very soft spoken with Joyce. It doesn't seem to work too well. So she basically she literally tells him to go to hell. But then we see like hot, they've got Hopper with the cattle prod, which is <laughs> quite a different tactic. But also, in addition to the fact that you know Hawkins knows how to treat a lady, yeah. um, I I think that uh, they don't really have any deep rooted beef with Joyce. Like they get like she's just a mom who wants her kid back, and they get it. And Yes, some of the stuff she does is inconvenient to them, but but she she's just she's not looking to blow the lid off anything. She just wants her kid back. But whereas Hopper, like they fucking hate this guy. They've really got a hard on for their hate with Hopper because he's made fools out of them. These guys are like from the Department of Energy or whatever, and here comes this hard drinking podunk sheriff who like bursts in, clocks anyone and everyone in the face that he can and he got himself like almost into the upside down just through sheer brute force so uh, they've definitely got an axe to grind with hopper and and hopper fucking he knows shit like he runs down yeah. everything he knows and it's everything job and, and they're yeah, like i'm they're shocked they're like so the, their reaction is who do you work for because their thought is like you can only know that much shit if you're part of some larger organization and as you said, he's yeah. just like, I'm just fucking me, dude. Yeah. I would love to watch him fuck me. What? <laughs> uh, with Joyce and handcuffs. That That's uh, that's going to be a, another sort perfect. of alternate series. Yeah. yeah. Most erotic opening of Stranger Things ever. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce um, and handcuffs. So, Hopper getting the fist. Yeah. But also Hopper, like he doesn't have as much time to dick around as he has in the past. Like, there's no time for punching. I would have really liked to see him clock that blonde lady. That would have been hilarious. But uh, that doesn't happen. Um, they know that Will is in the upside down, and he's in rough shape. That's what they got from when Eleven was just there. So so time's a wasting. We don't have time for fun and games. So basically, Hopper cuts a deal with Hawkins. And that, that like basically, it's like a handshake non-disclosure. They're not going to say anything or go after Hawkins in any way. And in return, I mean, it's kind of a shit deal on their end. They get to put on hazmat suits and go try to find Will in a toxic wasteland. <laughs> that's, that's the deal that was made. Am I missing something? No, not at all. And in fact, I think, I, I think part of the reason that uh, the Hawkins people made the deal is they didn't imagine any way that they were going to survive the upside down. Exactly. Right. So it's like that just, wraps up their problems in a neat little bow it's mm -hmm. like okay you can go die, go die with will will liars so um that like uh, sh should we just keep going because there's basically until the like the end sequence there's three stories there's the hop and joyce there's the teens and then there's the kids so should we just keep going with uh 
pop and joyce for a bit instead of ping-ponging back and forth yeah yeah we could do it that way for sure okay cool and, and i mean if we come up with something from the other storylines we'll just go from there absolutely um so so they get on the hazmat suits and one thing i've never noticed up until this point is the insane height difference between hopper and joyce <laughs> like he looks like a bear compared to her have, did, did you ever notice that before, or did you notice it this episode? Uh, it, it never struck me as a thing to notice, but uh, but as you as you mentioned it, that yeah, that there is. I guess when you see them side by side, like I think I would have assumed that uh, Winona Ryder is is probably relatively uh, petite, but then but then Hopper, even if she's even if she's uh, you know short, I don't think I realized uh, how how grizzly and and bear like Hopper was. So no, you're that's a that's a good observation. Totally, right? And um, so they go to the Upside Down, and uh, this is what we get some flashbacks to Hopper and um, the the physical decline of his little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and so we see, like, and this is, as we've known from, from dialogue, that this is sort of why he believed Joyce at the beginning, because they had this thing in common. It wasn't just because they fucked, which they did, oh, totally. by the way. Right? So so there's these flashbacks. We see him, and he, like, is it, does he look a lot, maybe it's just the nice lighting, but when he's playing with his daughter at the park, he looks a lot, like, healthier, right? Is it yeah. just the lighting, or, <clears throat> or think, maybe he's a little more clean-shaven? Yeah, he, he's clean-shaven. Uh, I think he's, his, his haircut is, you know, he, it's, he's, he looks like he has a fresh haircut, definitely clean-shaven. Uh, and he's, you know, he's in that nice, clean, civilian clothes. Uh, but so all those things, uh, they, they all play into it. And I'm, I'm sure it's by design. I think that, I think, you know, they, they want to give us sort of a visual cue that uh, there was a time that he looked healthier than he is now. Yeah. So basically it's kind of like this intercut every time there's, uh, Joyce and Hopper, it's, um, them, them kind of walking around the upside down, which is basically like a, a wasteland version of Hawkins, the town. And and then there's him sort of remembering his daughter. So the first flashback is him at the park with his daughter, just playing around, uh, play fighting, all that. And then she starts breathing very heavily. And, and we also see Hopper's wife too, very pretty lady, mm-hmm. Hopper's wife. Um, and so uh, so yeah, they're just basically like a Joyce and Hopper are basically just uh, looking around. Um, and uh, and things aren't looking good because unless I'm skipping a step, like they they see dead people in there, like they see bones and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and so so that's not a good sign. Um, yeah, like I don't really have too too much to say about about their search, like they're walking around. Except one one interesting thing happens that um, we'll get to this when we talk about the teens. But basically, uh, Nancy and, and Jonathan and company are trying to kill the Demogorgon. That's what they're doing. And it's at um, at the buyer's home. And in the Upside Down, Hopper and Joyce get to that the fucked up version of uh, the buyer's home. And they Jonathan and Joyce can kind of hear each other, but they don't know it's them, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, yeah, basically, they're, they're just looking for will and um and then they find him 
And uh, and then there's sort of another visual cue with this flashback because he has this like thing, this like monster tendril thing, like clamped on his mouth, and that really sends Hopper into a bit of a tailspin because that's that makes him think of the um, the breathing tube on his daughter's mouth uh, right before she died, and so they get well, and he has this like huge gross thing in his mouth, this like bug or something. Yeah, I was disgusting. like. Ugh effectively yeah and it kept going and going yeah like a magician's handkerchief kind of thing like just when you think like i mean like okay maybe this is a little cynical and wrong and dirty and fucked up for me to think especially maybe there's a time and a place but i'm like that kid can take that down his throat he's got a real future in pornography right no no you're you're not wrong listen i mean uh i i show of hands who else thought this who else thought this listeners <laughs> definitely having flashbacks to to some to, to some uh some of uh, some some of the more regrettable glory hole days but but yeah you're you're you're, you're not wrong at all uh, and, and everything that's so, happening up to this point, particularly in this storyline, the Nancy, or, pardon me, the Joyce and Hopper storyline, uh, it really is once they get into the upside down, their storyline really becomes about just uh, seeing seeing the upside down and then eventually finding Will. And so so then you know, the episode kind of cuts back and forth to them. Whenever we do cut back to them, it's just sort of them seeing what's going on, seeing dead bodies. At some point, Hopper sees what looks like uh, a hatched egg, which, of course, is sort of, uh, you know, like, well, that can't be good, you know. Um, and then uh, then you know, eventually, eventually towards the end of the episode, like you say, they, they find Will Byers, um, you know, deep-throating a, a tendril very impressively, as you say, <laughs> because uh, that, that kid has no gag reflex. Um, no. So we can get back to that in a second. I know, I know you have a special place in your heart for uh, for, for Nancy and Jonathan. So if you want to kind of kick off that storyline a little bit. Okay. So last we saw them, they extremely easily reclaimed their weapons from the police station, <laughs> and uh, they they walked in and took them. Right. Thought <laughs> <laughs> like, God, God, that cop shop. Oh my God. So, but now like they're ready, like they are ready to like like stuff and mount this demogorgon and uh, so basically it's kind of like a darker version of home alone for the first little bit like they're setting up their booby traps and stuff <laughs> like all that's missing is like some benny hill music uh-huh. um and so but like they, they basically they want to tease out the demogorgon so they can kill it that's their plan and they figured out that what brings the demigorgon forth is blood. And so um, so they get these kitchen knives and they're ready to like cut their hands. And, um, and, and they do, right? And it's great. Like, I mean, I'm a pretty tough person. I think yeah. I, I, even if it was like for my life, I don't know if I can do that. You are so, okay. So I'm watching the scene and I'm watching them cut the, the palm of their hand. They're taking, they're taking a kitchen knife slicing it across the palms of their hands and it's uh, again I, similar to uh will Byers, you know deep throating the tendril like i'm like god damn that's that's horrible and uh, and and you know i would rather deep throat the tendril i think oh for for, for real uh, give me uh i'll i'll uh i'll double fist a tendril but please don't make me cut the palm of my hand that looks horrible and you know, in uh, in, in you know, all due uh, credit goes to the uh, the the TV folks because 
Um, because for for those few seconds, you know, I, I forget that uh, that we're play acting, and I'm just like, fuck, that looks horrible, right? But then, and then uh, for for the next uh, several minutes, even though I'm watching the episode, I am literally trying to think of uh, a, a better place to cut myself if I have to if I have to attract the demigorgon because I was like, I don't want to cut the palm of my hand. So I'm like literally thinking like, well, what else can I cut? I don't know. Can I prick my finger? Well, that's probably not enough blood. I don't know. What if I cut my thigh? I mean, you know, our, our legs are kind of strong and meaty, but no, that fucking would hurt too. Uh, what the fuck else would I cut? And then I realize I'm not watching the show anymore because I'm now I'm thinking strategically, what can I cut to, to, to get the, to get the blood out quickly? And then I eventually came back to, I don't know, that might, maybe, maybe that was the right move. Maybe that, maybe there is no good place to cut, but either way, oh, fuck, that looked painful. Well, these kids seem fine with it. Um, really like, fine they with it. Bar- they barely flinched. And I mean, I like Nancy, I think, is, is pretty tough. But I, I thought Jonathan would have been a bit more of a puss about it. So good for him. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then it's basically they, they just have to, like, lie in wait for this thing. And then they patch up their hands. And, um, and of course, there's, there's a little bit of a hand play between Nancy and Jonathan, mm-hmm. if you caught that. Uh, she's bandaging him up and uh, and they hold hands for a little bit. And this is kind of speaking to this mounting sexual tension between them, whereas before they were just sort of thrown together by circumstance of wanting to find their respective people, Barb and uh, Will, who are lost to the upside down. But they're, they're bonding over this and more than just as survival buddies, as romantic partners. And especially because uh, things are kind of going sour a little bit with Steve and Nancy and um, enter on cue, um, Mr. Steve shows up. Absolutely. I have some thoughts on that. <laughs> I, I figured you would. Okay, okay. So, um, well, the last we saw of Steve was him cleaning the uh, the movie theater marquee with that, uh, like, wiping away that uh, Nancy the Slut Wheeler sign and basically... Um, Steal, stealing the employees get out of work get out of jail free card and so i mean the, when he was doing this like this was like daytime right because from the um the episode uh the last episode to this this is still the same day right this is just nighttime now yeah that sounds right so um it's the middle of the night now with that must have taken him a long time to clean that marquee is what I'm thinking. <laughs> and I just assume that he went straight from cleaning the marquee to going to Jonathan's because he did not stop to clean his fucking face <laughs> because it is still quite disaster, which in, in, in some way, you know, a good, good for Steve, like he's really going full tilt on this apology tour. Um, and uh, like, good for him for not being selfish and, and just trying to win Nancy back by comparing himself to movie stars, right? <laughs> he, do, he doesn't go after Nancy. He goes and clips a sign that like with the, the graffiti, and then he goes to Jonathan to apologize. So that really shows that he's he's had an about face because before he had a Tom Cruise face, and now yeah. he has like a, a <laughs> fucked up Frankenstein's monster. No, face. he he's definitely so yeah. No, he, he's definitely uh, he, he's. He is absolutely setting the, the foundation for one day being in Alcoholics Anonymous because he is making his amends, which I forget what step that is. But uh, but he's, he's, he's going through, he's making his amends because he could have just had a nice internal, uh, you know, change of heart. But he's gone, he, he's, he's, he's going the, the extra mile to, to, like you said, cleaning up the movie marquee. 
and then actually go into Jonathan's house because I don't even know if he knows that Nancy's there. I, I yeah, I feel like I yeah, I, like, I don't think he does. Yeah, I think he's he was quite surprised when there. Oh, and and of course he almost he almost has a quick uh, he almost has a quick uh, backslide when he sees Nancy's hand is is cut and then she's being very sort of you know. Uh, very coy and mysterious about how she cut her hand and then he starts to see red a little bit and you know thinking you know did he do this to you and then all of a sudden he's ready to fucking hate jonathan again uh but then of course you know as 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 you were saying they cut their hands for the purpose of luring in uh you know the the, the monster the demigorgon but now they've got steve there and they just want to get him the fuck out um, mostly because, you know, this is going to be dangerous and, and this is probably not going to be a good scene for you. And Steve, you know, he's like, he's like, I don't, he doesn't want to fucking go anywhere. And, uh, and so I think while Steve is there and while they're trying to get rid of him, uh, the monster turns up. Now you can completely correct me if I'm wrong. Cause like I said, there was a period of time where all I was thinking about where would I cut myself to get <laughs> the monster? So if I miss something or jumped ahead, please help me fill in the gaps. Well, um, just I you, you covered it nicely, but uh, one one thing of no, when Nancy wants someone to go away, she really wants them to go away. Like I'm having flashbacks to the "Go home, Barb!" right before Barb dies, and with it, she's not fucking. She literally pulls the gun on Steve and says, and because not only threatens, not only sticks a gun in his face, but starts counting down. <laughs> like, she's, like, ready to pop this guy. Like, I, I mean, I get it. He was a dick. Um, I've, I've never held a gun, and even even if I did have an ex-boyfriend showing up at an inopportune time, I doubt I would pull it on him. But, I mean, of course, like, she wants him to go as much for his own safety as, like, she, this is not just get out of here, you're, you're top-locking me. This is, like, they've got shit to do, <laughs> right? But I, I find it funny that the two times that Nancy wants to get rid of someone, like, she, she doesn't dick around. Um, and, and so then there's a squabble, and, of course, Steve's very, uh, he's confused. Like, I mean, like, the buyer's home is a shit show, so he doesn't know what to make of it. Like, I mean, it would be one thing if it looked like he was just interrupting some uh, lover's arrangement, but this, this is something else. There's bear traps and mm-hmm. and and a baseball bat. Like, like is, is this some kinky shit or what's going on? And then, of course, uh, Demogorgon comes, and then there, there's panic and mayhem. And um, and the so the plan is to, as soon as the Demogorgon comes, hightail it to the bedroom and uh, and wait for him there and hopefully he gets caught in this the demogorgon gets caught in this bear trap that they laid out and um very lucky that steve did not get caught in that bear trap because he (laughs) was not privy to this plan like i picture him yeah like as one of those poor like bumbling burglars in home alone and you know just getting completely shit on but no like i mean they were pretty good they were pretty fast getting into that bedroom um so the demogorgon comes and it's scary and i think nancy fires a shot or two they run to the bedroom, and I think once the um, they had a yo-yo set up um, at the door, and basically once the yo-yo moves, that means the Demogorgon's coming in the room, and then they've got their weapons ready. I mean, Steve's got nothing too, <laughs> but like I mean, he's like I, he's like human shield at this point, which is again why they wanted to get rid of him. Like they had this well-oiled plan, yeah, ready to go. He's just fucking it up. Um. Yeah. So, but that, so they're all ready. They're all, and they're staring at this yellow yo-yo with a happy face and then nothing happens. 
And so then they creep into the bedroom. And I don't know, but I was like clamped up because I thought the demigod was just like fucking with them and like pretending to have left. And then he was going to pounce on them. Did you think that? A little bit because, because, you know, we don't, we don't know how how smart or primitive the demigorgon is. Like it could t- turn out that it's just a really sophisticated monster that can that can outsmart uh, humans. So at this point, we we know so little about it that I think everything is possible, including the fact that he could be fucking with them and waiting for them. So so yeah, it was a very tense scene for sure. Yeah, but the the demigorgon's just gone, um, and so we do learn a little bit more about it, which is it's. It's much like a um, in the the flea and the acrobat theory. It is a very powerful flea because it seemingly just left. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just decided to go back to the upside down. So while blood does lure it, it can just choose to leave, free and clear. Because like it, there was no evidence that it was still there. And so then at this point. Um, they use the uh, Nancy and Jonathan use the opportunity to get rid of Steve. Well, like Steve, he, he, some dangerous shit is going down. Steve can now rest assured that they're not just there to fuck. Well, they're not there to fuck at all, um, right? And so they they're deep into this shit. And so Steve goes. Steve starts to leave, and they say like, "Go before it comes back, because it will come back." That's what happened, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, and so not Steve only that, to... I was gonna, not only that, um, but the fact that Steve leaves, you know, there, there's a, I mean, Nancy and Jonathan want him to leave, and I think even as an audience, to a certain degree, I think we want him to leave because, you know, th- th- like this is bad and this isn't your fight, so you should just go ahead and go. But there is, a, there's, there's a, just, just a hint, just a whiff of cowardice, of you know, of like, of course, you know, he's sort of like the, the cowardly heel. Where you know he he's a badass, but when when it when it comes time to fucking fight, he would much rather leave. And I think there was just like a hint of that in the air um, when he did leave. But go you know go ahead because that. Well, we know what happens when he does fight, and it's all over his face. <laughs> yeah, he shows up with a black right? guy like, and a couple of apologies, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like welcome to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so so he leaves um, with with the with a little cowardice between his legs, and then we're left with Nancy and Jonathan now really waiting for the monster to come back because they 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 figure he's got to come back. Yeah, and um and so but as Steve leaves, he turns to look at the house, and the lights are flickering again, and we know that's what happened. That's kind of the Demogorgon's calling card. It's mm-hmm. like I'm coming for you when these lights flicker. Mm-hmm. So Steve sees these lights flicker, and then we're in the house. And then the Dave McGorgon comes back. And, um, well, Jonathan would be great in a fight with Steve. Uh, not so much with a flower-headed upside-down monster. Yeah. Because that bat goes flying out of his head in two seconds flat. And Nancy is shooting these thing, this thing like she's in the Wild West, and it's not doing anything. And, um, and the demogorgon is just spewing his clear jizz all over jonathan's face like between between this and will's deep throating a tendril i really think these buyers guys have some kind of future in the porn industry like i mean (laughs) jonathan took that cum shot pretty well but i mean this like so nancy's running out of bullets and this it's not doing anything this huge monster so it's kind of looking like they're fucked but in comes steve 
and he grabs the bat and distracts Demogorgon, and then they're able to um, to set it up to get in that bear trap, right? So, um, so they like they lure it to the bear trap, and it's trapped. It's in there, and then they like this poor house <laughs> because their plan uh when when nancy and jonathan were setting up this home alone thing they had uh laid some gasoline down on the floor and so the demo basically their plan is to just burn that fucker alive and so the demogorgon's trapped and they light the gasoline and you know no no errors with the gas no one got any drops on their clothes or anything like it was just it was perfect they light this thing on fire and then of course like i mean the responsible teenagers that they are like they could have just ran and let that house burn to the ground but they had the the extinguisher at the ready so i mean fire by jonathan i was very impressed and i think that you know should their parents have been there they would be too um and so so then they extinguish the fire expecting to see this dead charred demogorgon but it's gone so again it can like it's hurt and it knows it's being attacked so it can go absolutely so that's, do you have anything else yeah Did i just I wanted to anything no 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 you, you you hit everything perfectly i just wanted to point out that for me like so so for you uh your your relationship uh with with steve i think um you you were more sympathetic to steve much earlier on than i was um, uh, but for me, you know, he was always, he was always a bit of a, a weaselly heel character with the, you know, a few sympathetic qualities, but otherwise just kind of a, you know, just kind of a, a cowardly heel where we, you know, when, when shit really did get real, you know, he left, but when he comes back, you know, when he comes back and, and saves Jonathan, he, he, you know, there's no way that he can really truly know or understand what the fuck he's looking at. But he knows that something bad's going on. He knows that there's some. He 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 said he's at the very least seen the demigorgon. He comes back in, and uh, you know he's got the baseball bat. Uh, I think he's got the baseball bat. But either way, he saves Jonathan uh, by by you know getting the the demigorgon off of him. And so for me, for Steve, uh, his 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 hero his hero's journey has full has come full circle at this point where he's gone. He's made the transformation from Weasley heel villain character. To, uh, to to coming out the other side as, uh, as 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 a noble hero who you know he truly does want to do the right thing. So he goes from you know cleaning the marquee, wanting to apologize to Jonathan, to to now literally risking his life to fight uh, this crazy monster that he didn't even know existed till about you know two or three minutes before that. So uh, so for me at that moment. Uh, like genuinely in my heart, uh, Steve. Uh, Steve came around and I liked him at that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, absolutely. And uh, like, I bet, like if I were him, I'd be like, fuck, I spent like three hours cleaning this marquee when I just had to take a swing at a flower. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's right? so mean, much that, easier. Like, it yeah. Seems like, yeah. This was like two seconds and it was more of a grand gesture than. fucking. <laughs> 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 But yeah, so I, I do agree with you. Uh, Steve's fully redeemed. Um, and, you know, a lot, a lot of character redemption between Lucas's apology last episode and uh, and this uh, baseball bat incident. It really is very much so. But yeah, but I mean, and so that's great for Steve, but not not great for the kids in general. 
because the Demogorgon is still at large. And I think that brings us to uh, the kids' storyline back at the school. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you don't mind, go ahead and uh, jump into that, and I'll, and I'll, I'll sure. get in there with you. Okay, so, I mean, we start off, and, like, uh, the adults and the teens have left. Uh, no, they've, uh, there's a little bit of debate about whether Nancy and Jonathan are still there or like their car's missing or something. Cause they weren't supposed to leave. They were supposed to stay put with the kids. Um, mm-hmm. Dustin proffers the idea that perhaps they're off necking somewhere. Cause <laughs> what an appropriate time to do that. And you know, it's just Dustin stirring some shit. Um, I love this show. I, I think it's great. I think it's very well done. One thing I have to criticize about it. And I brought this up in a, an episode sort of towards the beginning of the season what is going on with their lighting? Because when they are in the gym, <laughs> it looks like it is 7 a.m. Like there is there is light pouring in from that window to the point where I thought, oh, have they been sitting here all night? Because if you think about it, I, I believe that the chronology of the episode, it was we saw Hawk and Joyce in the windowless building of Hawkins lab and then we see the kids Mm -hmm. so very it could have very well been all night but just like at the beginning of the series where I think after uh Nancy gives her v card to Steve Mm -hmm. that she spent the night with him because it looks like it's fucking morning yeah I think that these kids have been sitting in this gym all night and then Mike goes outside and it's dark and so like did you notice that too so with with uh in this particular episode, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I actually didn't notice. And the only thing I could think of is I was probably still trying to figure out places to cut my body <laughs> to bleed out. But uh, but but you're not you're, you're not wrong because uh, it is uh, particularly the, the first time I think it was like episode two. Again, you when uh, uh, Steve and, uh, and Nancy had finished boning and it looked like it was the next day. Now I'm stuck. I'm like, wow, she fucking spent the night. That's crazy. And then. We go outside and it's still nighttime and Barb is on the on the sitting on the diving board. So so that is a, a, a thing. It's a, a small a small inconsistency. But uh, but yeah. Otherwise, in this t- this time I didn't notice, but I can kind of sort of in my mind's eye see the uh, what appears to be daylight in the gymnasium. Yeah. So that threw me a little bit. But um. So these kids basically have nothing to do. Um. And. Elle is, uh, because, I mean, she she went to the Upside Down, and she did a lot, so she's kind of drained, like, that. it's been explained that when she does these telekinetic things, it's like, she's kind of a dead battery, and of course, Dustin being Dustin suggests provisions, and, um, and he knows that the lunch lady hoards the chocolate pudding, and so then <laughs> they all kind of go en masse to the cafeteria, and, um, and so Dustin and Lucas are, uh, like, uh, they, they seem to find the pudding very quickly, like, uh, Dustin's a pretty good uh, truffle pig. He sniffed that. that pudding out in a hurry, yeah. I know. Um, and uh, I had a little bit of a flashback to when uh, Karen was calling for Mike, and he was like, coming! When he, like, <laughs> Dustin yelled. Like, this was, like, the, the answer to all their problems. This is how to kill the Demogorgon. This is how to get Will back. Like, Mike, there's the chocolate pudding! I thought, I just, I found that so funny. Like, just... Like, and to him, like, I mean, as, as mature as these kids may be, like, chocolate pudding just does it for them. Oh, I love that um, scene but, so much, yeah. Yeah, I, I backed it up a couple times. I thought I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> but um, that, that, that's not the takeaway from this uh, trip to the cafeteria, because while Dustin and Lucas are getting the pudding, which, by the way, do they really need to get that many cans? Like, do they really <laughs> think, like, 
I get that Dustin has a big appetite and Eleven needs to get her strength back, but they like it was like they were at a, like a bulk food store without <laughs> the amount of pudding that they brought back. So I, I found that kind of funny. But prior to that happening, we we get a little scene with Mike and Eleven, um, a very kind of a climactic scene, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's basically like Mike is now thinking. Like, you know, what happens after tonight? And uh, he has a very kind of childlike, um, idealistic way of thinking. He's just like, oh, after this, you know, you can just come live at my house and <laughs> and uh, my mom will make us these great dinners and all this stuff. And I like it's supposed to be very, very sweet. And I'll, I'll talk about what's coming in a second. But as an adult, like if, if I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that would be great. And she can live with them and all this. And um, I'm like, if I'm Karen Wheeler, I'm like, you, you think... No, 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 no. I have three fucking reminders of my awful decision to marry doorknob Mr. Wheeler. (laughs) I do not need a fourth thing to take care of, which maybe she doesn't think that, and I'm just not a big kid person. But, like, just like, 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 seriously think this is going to happen. Because, like, let's just say that this mess just all goes away very conveniently and Will comes back and everyone's happy. Like this is an orphan Annie. Like the 11, 11 is going into the foster system and he's never seeing her again. That's what's happening. <laughs> so sorry to poop the, but like, that's what I was thinking. Like were or were you totally caught up in it? No, I, so, so I was caught up in it. I mean, I, well, you know what? I wasn't even thinking that far ahead on the one hand, certainly, you know, with the, uh, uh, with with the perspective of of being a, an adult, of, you know, I'm thinking, of course, that that's not going to work out. But I also wasn't thinking about the reality of how will this turn out? Like, what will happen to Eleven afterwards? And uh, where will I cut myself so I can bleed for the Demi Gorgon? <laughs> I was I was juggling a lot, but I, I didn't get as deep as you did. So I'm actually appreciating your your thought process. <laughs> So I was thinking about that, but then like, so several things happen. So, so there's the, the plan to, for 11 to live with the wheelers and that's all hunky dory. And so then Mike, uh, Mike, he nuts up a little bit. I'm really proud of him Mm -hmm. in this scene. Um, because then he says that among all these great things that 11 can do, like try real food and eat at the kitchen table or whatever that they can go to uh, the snowball together. I'm pretty sure the snowball is what the Demogorgon just did to Jonathan's Absolutely, face. Absolutely, yes. But in, in um, like, not dirty, filthy land, it's also a dance for mm-hmm. the middle schoolers mm-hmm. in the winter. And Mike is saying that he and Eleven could go together. And so Eleven, like, and it's it's funny because basically what Mike's leading up to is him, is his uh, profession of love or profession of a crush on Eleven. And, of course, I mean, that's really hard to do. Oh, yeah. When you're an adult, let alone a, a kid who's never had any romantic experience. And so he's kind of pussyfooting around it a little bit. And of course, Eleven, being someone who's not socialized, doesn't know what, like, is trying to follow Mike's train of, of thought. And so he talks about, oh, that she's going to live with them. And so, and then he's like, and Nancy will be like your sister. And she'll be like, so you'll be like my brother? And he's like, no, <laughs> no, what the fuck are you talking about so it's like no so they're not gonna they're gonna live together but they're not gonna be like brother and sister they're gonna go to the dance together like 
friends? No, not like <laughs> friends. Like, I mean, this poor girl must be so confused at what he's talking about. And so, and then he says that he likes her and he just goes for it and he kisses her. And I did, I found it really adorable oh, as, as I'm sure that everyone else did. The most adorable. And also I, I can, uh, as you might recall, I can actually, uh, I connect more with uh, Eleven in this scene, almost more than I do with uh, with with Mike, because uh, as you can recall from a couple episodes back, once upon a time when I was like eighteen or nineteen years old, I was sitting on the corner, waiting for my nephew at the bus stop, and a pretty girl drove up in the car, and was I do remember that trying story. to get my attention, and I was just like full on Eleven, like, what's going on here? What's that thing with four wheels? Is that an is that an engine monster that I hear? Why are they trying to talk to me? And I was just so uh, oblivious. So as much as I like to think that I can relate to Mike, which I can, I'm probably way more uh, 11 than, than than Mike as we talk about this scene. And I, I don't say that with any amount of pride or shame, but just sort of uh, I, I've had sort of a, a personal epiphany right this very second. I'm totally yeah, you and 11, 11 are exactly the same. Totally the same. I- also similar hair. <laughs> I was I was I was fucking thinking that similar hair, uh, and uh, now we both look uh, about the the same in a sundress. So there's a lot a lot of uh, similarities. Yeah. Well, um, unfortunately, Eleven's uh, and Mike's romantic happiness is uh is not long for this world. No. Um, because immediately, like, ultimate clock blockers that they are. Brenner and the boys, they were, and they fucking, like, after they left um, Hop and Joyce to go die in the Upside Down, like, they, gone are, gone are the rape vans. Now they have friggin', like, army trucks, like, gun to the teeth. Like, this is serious now. So they're, they're off, and they, they get to, they somehow track the kids to the school, and their, their SWAT team or whatever pulls up. Brenner's there, the blonde lady's there, shit's going down. They find the makeshift sensory deprivation tank. And so now the hunt is on for the kids. And they find them. And they're they're cornered. And and they've got guns. And I mean, I I, I would be full on pulling a Troy at this point. <laughs> like, would would you not? Like the fact that no one seems to piss themselves when there's like they go from being like a regular middle schooler to having a SWAT team point guns at you, like no, no piss anywhere. I bet, I bet you know, like with Will and the tendril deep throat and Jonathan and the snowball, there'd be room for some piss play there. <laughs> That's what I think. But so anyway, the the kids are cornered, um, and the blonde lady's there and she's got the gun. And Eleven goes dark really quick. Mm -hmm. And I like, I mean, first of all, like normally what happens is you see her do her telekinesis and then you see the blood out of her nose. But what I really liked is they reversed it this time and you see the blood out of her nose and it's not like gushing, but it's going a little faster. So you're just like, oh, fuck. And then all these fucking people, they start bleeding from the eyes Mm -hmm. and they just drop like fucking fly. Like she just popped like eight people in the span of five seconds. Yeah, I'm I'm forever delighted how how quickly how quickly Eleven is willing to turn to murder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it and it's and it, and it means nothing to her, and 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 I love it because again, uh, in the exact same way that she's not uh, she's not socialized in the way to recognize a boyhood crush, 
she's also not socialized in the way of knowing that uh, murder is kind of a big deal. Yeah, well, and I mean, no one taught her to use her words. <laughs> I, she could barely talk as it is. Uh, like, like, so it, like, yeah, like, like, let's cut say, out the middleman. Like, and, for real. And... Like, let's say, like, like, maybe she tells one of them, like, hey, listen, you know as well as I do that if I want to, I can crush your brains and make you bleed out of your eyes right now. So we can do that, or you can get the fuck out of our way. But she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't know to do that. She just fucking murders them, and it's great. I don't think she knows what half those words mean. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, she does not have the gift of gab. This girl. <laughs> She's got other gifts in spades, but uh, talking ain't one of them. So yeah. So she pops them all. But of course, I mean, there's like a million soldiers. So so then the next round shows up, and of course, I mean, she drops like a sack of potatoes because that that was a lot of effort to. Yeah mass murder a bunch of people and you know she can't her her um she needs to work on her refractory time a little bit like i'm having dorm room flashbacks um (laughs) (laughs) and uh except this round was satisfying oh hello hello jock's name chad (laughs) or josh or whatever (laughs) i don't remember their names um Anyway, enough about that. So, so that, then the next wave of soldiers show up, and they're fucked because their power source is gone. She she's passed it on the floor, and then Brenner shows up, mm-hmm. and so and so then you know, and he he's trying to be like, just just stop trying to be comforting, Brenner. This is like <laughs> your third try in two episodes. You're not getting any better. Just stop it. Like you have the power to just pick up this wounded girl. And and go like what? Why are you trying to reason with her? She can't do anything at this point. But you know, like I get it. Like now, I, I get why you're single. Okay, <laughs> I get why it didn't work out between you and Troy's mom slash grandma. I get it. Now. <laughs> it's all abundantly clear. Um, and so and then and then um and like even though but like one thing that was interesting, like even though Eleven knows that Brenner is bad news, like he's still the only thing resembling a parent that she's ever known. Mm -hmm. But so you see this conflict in her face when it's like, he's, you know, trying and failing to be comforting. And Mike is screaming, let us go, you bastard, because the soldiers have the kids and all this. But then, um, the, uh, Demigorgon after having gotten the fuck out of, uh, the buyer's house where like, you know, Demigorgon's kind of like, Hey, I could be like burned and trapped in a bear trap, or I, I could go, feast on a whole host of people at the middle school because Eleven in her killing all these people, she shed a shitload of blood, a lot of blood, a lot of blood. Right. So the Demogorgon's like, perfect. All you can eat buffet. And so it shows up. And then of course all hell breaks loose and the kids are able to get away though. The kids get away from the soldier and then they're, you know, firing round after round at this thing and it's i i assume that they know guns don't work on this thing right at least not well (laughs) right like a bear trap and fire seem to work a lot better than these guns but um and so the the kids find a classroom and they're holed up and um and they get 11 on the table and all that stuff and then um but the the demogorgon finds them right am i missing anything major in between I think the only major thing is uh, we see the Demigorgon take out Dr. Brenner. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's super quick. It, I, it was, I am not caring about Dr. <laughs> but on it, even that, it was about as quick as I described it. Like, <laughs> like he, he looks for a second, the Demigorgon from off screen, like, tackles him, and then they cut. And then, and then that's yeah. it. 
And and here, here we don't actually. So it's the last time we see Brenner uh, in, in in at the very least in season one, and it's and and we definitely have the impression that he's dead. But for me, when the episode was over, I was thinking, well, we saw him attack, but we didn't see him dead. And I just started season two, so I have no spoilers to even begin to offer. But I'm just thinking to myself, I didn't actually see him outright die, which I have to. I'm, I'm I assume as a writer that that's by design. So, but anyway, must be. Yeah. We see him get taken out. And then we cut to exactly where you left off. And I'm loving your retelling. So go ahead and pick up with the kids awesome. in the in the science room. So they're there. Um, you know, and Eleven is, is very weak. Um, and so the monster finds them. And, uh, of course, get the wrist rocket out. <laughs> like, I think using a wrist rocket on a demigorgon is the very definition of bringing piss to a shit fight. Right? Like... <laughs> I don't like. I, I think using the wrist rocket, period, is the very definition of bringing piss to a chip fight. <laughs> because, like, if like these kids, and I, I get that, like, you have to do something. But if, if you're hearing like automatic weapons being fired at this thing, and it still is like fully mobile and finding you, what the fuck do you think a rock is gonna do? Seriously. But so they're, you know, fire like Lucas is firing rock after rock at this thing to absolutely no avail. I mean, he's a decent shot. I'll mm-hmm. give him that, but. Like, it's, it might as well just be, like, air. Um, and then, of course, we have this very, very bittersweet moment where Eleven gets up, and she's in her badass stance, and she she goes hard for the Demogorgon. And she has him, like, pinned against the chalkboard. And, of course, Mike kind of knows what's about to happen, and so she uses her powers to hold him back. And... Um, and she is able to kill the demigorgon eleven is she obliterates him, but in doing so ends up seemingly obliterating herself and, and it's very very tragic and before that she uh, obliterates my my heartstrings because she's got the demigorgon you know with her powers pinned to the wall uh she's already knocked Mike back because she wants no one else to be involved in this. She turns back and with her sweet eleven face with the with the five words that she has in her vocabulary. <laughs> She says goodbye, Mike, and God damn it, God damn it! Yeah. She says goodbye, Mike. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm a fucking mess at this point. I know, right? And then, it's a good and... thing that she remembered the right words. She was like, <laughs> mouth breather. <laughs> <laughs> Friends don't lie. Mouth breather. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh but yeah, but she found that the, the two correct words in this case were goodbye, Mike, and killed the demigorgon, and then she and the demigorgon disappear. Uh and you know, where it's 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 totally bittersweet because, you know, uh she cause she bought into everything she bought into the snowball, she bought into the first kiss, she bought into this whole lovely thing, and they and they were both gonna have it, and now it's gone because, you know, in order to to save everyone, she's gotta do this thing and god. Damn it, that tore me up in the best possible way. But fuck, it's oh good. yeah, oh god damn, it's good. But it kind of reminded me of, uh, and you know, I'm just gonna spoil the end of season two of Buffy for you people. Like, welcome <laughs> to 1998. But it reminded me of the bittersweet Buffy killing Angel to save the world and sending him to hell. Because essentially, Eleven's both Buffy and Angel in that yeah, scenario, yeah. which makes it like all the more powerful and the fact that, and she's a little girl, like she's not a 25 year old pretending to be a 17 year old. <laughs> like she, she's, she's this little girl who, who's 
taking the weight of the world on and sending herself God knows where, possibly killing herself. We mm -hmm. don't know. But either way, she is not, she's not going to the snowball. No. Let's put it that way. No. She's not going to the snowball. And so, and then these kids are are just left, like they're safe and they're fine. But Mike is, le is left with the love of his life gone. So very sad. Um, and, uh, but more besides the Demogorgon being dead and, and Brenner being whatever, um, presumably dead, but we don't presumably know. dead. Yeah. Unknown. Um, we, let's go back to the upside down because, um, Joyce, as we said, you know, they, they pulled the tendril cock out of <laughs> Will's mouth. And so, and then they're doing the, the CPR on him. And of course, um, they're uh, they're intercutting the flashbacks of uh, the hospital team trying to perform CPR and failing on um, on Hopper's dying little girl, mm -hmm. and so then Hopper's taking Joyce through it where he's getting Joyce to breathe in Will's mouth, and Hopper is pounding on Will's chest, and Hopper's pounding really hard, like you can really feel the emotion on that, like with how he's beating down on that kid's chest. Like it was like, and, and of course, I mean, it's get, like, as you know, we're going back and forth between the upside down and the flashback as it's getting more and more apparent that little Sarah's going to die. Hopper's pounding harder. So that's very emotional too, yeah, right? Totally. Um, it also, uh, to kind of go off the emotional path for a second, it made me think of the, uh, a CPR course I had to take for a job. I don't, have you ever had to take these first aid courses? Uh, I, I did once. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did too uh, for, for a job when I worked at uh, my university. And so, yeah, we're learning how to do CPR on, on these dummies and stuff. And part of it is learning how to do CPR on a baby. And basically, like, you, like with a baby, like, you, um, you basically have to, like, palm it really hard. And, of course, like, and I mean, like, your reaction would be to be gentle with a baby. But our instructor said, don't, uh, don't be nice, be safe. Meaning, yes, you might break a, a baby's little bone, but in the process, you might save it. As opposed to if you're not if you're not going hard enough, this baby could choke and die. But still, everyone was being so dainty and loving with this baby, except for one person, and that person was me. <laughs> and I just remember just palming the shit out of this little baby dummy to the point where its head popped off. <laughs> and I like if it, listeners who don't know my physical makeup i i'm not a big lady okay like I'm, I'm tall for what i am i'm pretty uh petite weight wise and somehow my little wrists which are like very i have very tiny wrists somehow managed to pop a head off a baby dummy so that kind of like that was my flashback like i didn't have, i'm for i don't i don't have the traumatic flashbacks of, of a dying child in the hospital i'm just flashing back to me crushing ass in cpr class yeah, like murdering so a, that, that's... A, a doll baby a, a fake baby yeah exactly yeah the, we have some like so i didn't i didn't uh, murder a, a fake baby but i do the only thing the only like the only useful thing that i remember from the from the cpr class that i took is that they they, they basically the same thing is that uh, you know you might you might break some bones in fact you probably might have to break like a, a sternum or a rib to, to get in there and uh, and I the the one thing that I really remember was like if you if you if you forget everything if you don't remember any of the of the important details of this class, just remember just 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 fucking just pound on their chest just just fucking crush them because you're not gonna 
you're not gonna do any, you're not gonna do anything worse because at the worst case scenario they're gonna die anyway. So if you just fucking just destroy their chest, you might accidentally get their heart going again. And so that's that's about the only thing I remember. In fact, maybe I heard that and I was like, oh, so I don't have to remember anything else. Got it. Just fucking destroy their <laughs> their their chest. Got it. I will yeah, save well, a lot of people. And and it works because Will starts breathing and then the music swells. And to me, what got me more was like, yes, Joyce finally gets her boy back. But but was was Hopper's reaction because this is the exact same scenario over and over, except this time he saved the kid. Yeah. Which was that was beautiful. So and then they get him out of the upside down. Um I'm a little concerned about the toxicity of the upside down. The fact that like they, they whipped off their helmets pretty quickly <laughs> to save Will. Um, I, I don't think like, I mean, that's a little bit of a boring storyline if they just like collapse and die and that's it. <laughs> so, so, but anyway, so they get him out of the upside down and uh, unless um, there's anything else to add, this is when all the stories come together and they're, they're at the hospital now, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can totally start wrapping up because there's the, the, we're at the sort of epilogue stage of the episode. Yeah. So, um, well also, um, you know, with everything, um, like there, there's a big, the big scene with all the ambulances and stuff outside the school too. Sure, and we yeah. find like, and Karen Wheeler, uh, shows up and runs to, you know, hug Mike. And, uh, I'm impressed that Mr. Wheeler knew where the school was, <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I'm like, I guess it would have been a little anticlimactic to see the car ride between the Wheeler parents on the way there. But for sure, Karen was navigating. Like, I mean, like she probably had to turn the st- the car on for him. Um, but yeah, so so we see them show up and my and Mike's all, you know, wrapped in the blanket. And it's 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 very kind of stock post battle scene. And so then they're at the hospital and, and Will's there and he's seeming OK. And then like literally everybody is at this hospital. There's, you know. Like, and they're all sitting in weird locations. Like, Steve is sitting next to Mr. Wheeler. Um, <laughs> and, like, whatever. And one thing that I love, like, if I can just, you know, it, you've been waiting for it, listeners, and here it is, my uh, Mr. Wheeler is a knob segment of the <laughs> podcast. I already started a little bit. We only see him, like, three times. And I believe he has no lines, which, because, like, 11, he doesn't really know how to talk. <laughs> she has an excuse. Um, he does not. And uh, so, yeah, he... We see him uh, somehow successfully get to the school. And the next two times, we see him sleeping with his mouth open, which is like a perfect representation <laughs> of his usefulness this season. Total so mouth breather. We see, yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, I like that, Martin. Look at you. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was, that was sharp. Sharper than those knives that those kids cut their hands with. <laughs> could, uh, they could cut themselves with your wit. Look at you. <laughs> so so they're all um every everyone's just kind of waiting to see if uh will's okay and then eventually like joyce has her little moment with will like i don't think there's anything special there unless unless you um have anything yeah okay but so so the kids get to go in and of course they're all over him and what they like i don't know about you but when i was like a kid to like middle school teenage age it was like boys were very very conscious not to do anything and touch each other in any way that would be like construed as quote-unquote gay right like they would you know most like do that handshake back clap douchey thing Mm -hmm. but these kids one it just wore my heart and i don't know what it was like in the early 80s but i assumed it would be the same if not worse but these kids because of everything they they were just hugging will so much and that warmed my heart 
Me too. So much. Me too, yeah. So that, they, they were just all over him. And, um, and I just kind of loved their, like, like they have him back and they're kind of excited bursts of like all the things that happen with Will gone. Like basically like we made a new friend and she flipped a van and Troy peed himself. Like <laughs> these kids could do the Netflix recaps. <laughs> Met a friend, flipped a van, Troy peed himself. Love it. That's all you need to know. I, th- I thought that was a very uh, sweet moment. Um, turned bittersweet because Nancy is kind of there. And, and of course she's happy that Will's back even like, you know, it's her, her brother's best friend who she's presumably known his whole life, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a little sad for her because while Will is back, Barb is not. And, and Will, Will's presence being back is just another reminder that Barb is gone and that Nancy couldn't save her. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Barb. I, 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 uh, like, like, like everybody else in Hawkins, uh, forgot about Barb until just now. So good. No, no, no. That was good on you. Good on you. Yeah. Uh. Um, so that happens. And basically like the only other thing to happen at the hospital is, um, Hopper kind of goes outside, makes a quiet exit and, uh, some Hawkins people roll up and basically mm-hmm. non-verbally tell him to get in. Um, where they took it, I don't know. I assume that because we see him later on um, in the months later epilogue that I, I just assume that he's signing legal papers that he's not going to say anything. Like, do we know what happens? Okay. So we don't know what happens, but here's what, uh, here's what I assumed happened. And here's what I continue to assume happened until, cause until I watched all of season two. So, so like the car pulls up, right. They wave him in. First of all, the fact that he got in so willingly, I was like, Oh shit, this is like, a thing this there, there there's some sort of an agreement here there's an understanding that he came in so willingly and uh while your your thoughts actually make sense that maybe he's just gonna like legally sign shit that he won't say anything my first thought went to like experiments it's like okay you can fucking do shit on me you can experiment on me you can draw my blood you can put uh wires in my head uh and so then when, when we see him again and he's you know he's upright and he's healthy and he's at the he's at the police station it's like christmas time uh, I'm I'm thinking like okay, he's at this point he's basically now like a guinea pig for Hawkins, and then he's willing to do it because it helped not only it helped save Will Byers, but also like like you when when you sort of recapped the 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 beautiful CPR scene where he say helped save Will, he couldn't save his own daughter, but he sort of kind of got that 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 you know that paternal satisfaction of of saving the kid. I kind of felt like at that point he's good. He he he's he's his life has has been worthwhile because he helped save this kid nothing else matters even if it means getting experimented on by this lab fuck it poke away because you know i'm good i did my piece now again we don't know he could have signed legal papers i like to believe that hawkins is doing some experiments on him that will uh come to bear in season two probably and i think also it's like i mean we've seen like this is our second time viewing it each so, but I, I'm sure that the first rep time I saw it, I thought he, like, he was sacrificing himself yeah. for the greater good. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people, like, he gets oh, in the totally. and it's like, yeah. I, like, because we don't, like, at the beginning of the episode when he makes this deal, we don't see it happen. Like, it's just, he comes into Joyce's room and says, I made a deal. So I, I'm sure I thought that, it's like because of all that he knows that he's allowing himself to be got rid of if like 
he doesn't make if he makes it out of the upside down. So and then as we discussed, we know that's not the case. So whatever happened there, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe they just wanted him for an orgy. Maybe uh, <laughs> Sandra was behind the whole thing and she wanted a couple of shots in. Oh, now but, we're um, going deep, yeah. And the librarians there too. Um, yeah, yeah, we're going deep. We're going deep. <laughs> I couldn't just let that hang there. Um, so in, unless there's anything else, like the ha- now it's it's the month later. It's it's back to the status quo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first thing we see, I believe, are uh, like a nice bookend with the boys playing Dungeons and Dragons again. Um, and, and Will's back and everyone's happy. And, um, and one thing that I thought was kind of cool is, again, we have Will coming up to face the Demogorgon. It's, what do I do? Which is exactly the same scenario as at the beginning of the series. And, of course, Lucas being Lucas says, fireball him. And that's when Dustin, the sort of more level-headed one, intervenes and says, no, defend yourself or whatever. But with all they've seen, Dustin says, fireball him too, which I thought was kind of a cool... <laughs> character moment right like these kind of meeker kids have Mm -hmm. have seen a thing or two and they're a little bit braver and instead of the dice going flying and and them getting a seven will gets his 14 so they kill the demigorgon and mike is all adorable acting it out and all that and then they chirp mike for every like the game being too short and all that and so it's instead of all this stuff going wrong which kicks off the whole series everything's going right Mm -hmm. which is like this kind of nice ending for the kids and then of course, uh, one observation I had made um, in the pilot was that these kids lead this very um, non-sheltered life compared to today, where they're all biking home at night in the dark. But because of you know all that happened, Jonathan comes to pick Will up, which I'm like, this is a lot more of a, I, I remember this a lot more than um, <laughs> than biking home like at midnight or what eight o'clock, but I guess it's dark. Um, and then uh, th- there's kind of a little bit of a, a who farted gate thing happening, and they agree it's Dustin. And um, and an- another moment I liked is that um, when they beat the Demigore, they're hugging again, which I, I thought, I-, I don't know if you noticed it, but I thought it was really sweet. Totally sweet. Because, yeah, because you're not wrong. Your, your instincts aren't wrong, That uh, especially as young boys, particularly growing up in a time where uh, even if it wasn't, spoken aloud there was there was the general some some you know certain some level of homophobia of like uh, well we can't hug because that's what uh, you know you don't do that with with boys you barely do it with your dad you know that sort of thing so that 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 these kids are um just like totally past that and their friendship just totally transcends any 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 form of uh of you know homophobia is very sweet yes i agree so, I have a lot of thoughts about what happens in the next little bit. First of all, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was I was literally going to say I would love to hear them. So go ahead. Okay. Um. So they're on their so Jonathan and Will are uh, on their way out of the buyer's house. Uh, they pass by Karen in the kitchen, who looks like she's doing a fuck fucking boatload of baking. That one, <laughs> and it's like here she's baking. She's got her glass of wine, and my thought is like, poor poor woman. Like, I mean, a lot of people like baking. I don't. I assume she does. But still, like, she's trapped in this kitchen baking. She's got a husband sleeping with his mouth open who's, like, an idiot old man in the next room. And you know what I thought in that moment? Hmm. I think that Karen should hop on Hopper. Oh, shit. What I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I mean, like, I, I get it. 
you know, she, she said vows to this knob, mm-hmm. but come on. I mean, come on. And you expect her to live like this? Yeah. This guy's, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, like, I, 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 I'm not like, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm with you on this one. Like, I'm not like encouraging extramarital affairs, but if anybody deserves to be cuckolded, it is, it is a uh, Mr. Wheeler. I think so too. I think so too. Oh my God. And it's just, I, I just, you know, this woman is just trapped in this kitchen. All she's got is her wine. Give her some popper, <laughs> right? That'd be fun. And I mean, she was like, I like from the waist down, she was hidden by like the island or something. Maybe Hopper was down there. We don't know. Oh, we, we don't know. <laughs> it very well could have been. It's, it's right uh, there with the not seeing Dr. Brenner actually die. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, we don't know. I wouldn't want Dr. Brenner down there. That would just be creepy. Totally. Um, just throwing that out there. So, okay. So then Jonathan and uh, Will are about to leave, but they get stopped. And, um, and it's by Nancy and she's coming and she wants to give Jonathan a Christmas gift, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, like we don't, it, it's a month later. We don't know all that's transpired after this, uh, hospital incident. And she gives Jonathan a kiss on the cheek. So we're thinking she's giving him a present and, um, she's kissing him on the cheek. I guess, I guess Steve's out of the picture and they're kind of slowly moving towards this romance that's mm-hmm. that's what we're thinking right and so and so it's this very sweet moment and then they go in the car uh jonathan and will and i get a little pissed off at this point because here's this present it's a christmas present you don't fucking open christmas presents before christmas right you don't do it you don't do it that pisses me off so much. and yes at like christmas parties and stuff like that when people are exchanging gifts and they're not going to see each other okay but this is like she gave him a gift to take with him that means you open it on christmas so that that that's rule violation number one. Number two, it is a gift for Jonathan. And will I get it? You what were traumatized and like orally raped by a ten year old? <laughs> you had a bad month. Whatever. You're not allowed to open a Christmas present that's not yours. It's and it's, it's one thing if Jonathan said, "Here, Will, why don't you open it?" This brazen and shit kid just says, "Can I open it?" What the fuck? <laughs> I was livid. I was just like, I mean. Maybe during your time in the Upside Down, you could have learned some fucking manners. I right? thought he was the nice one, right? And it's like, now that Lucas has redeemed himself, I guess the group has to have an asshole, and I guess it's Will. <laughs> it really, really, like, I, it's stuck in my craw, Martin. And you know what? Um, like, like, let's say, okay, let's say you get trapped in the Upside Down, and you deep throat a tendril, and you almost die, and you come back. Let's say you have at least, at minimum, one no-questions-asked favor card why would you waste that on opening your brother's Christmas present? I know. It's, so, it's not like you get to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they open the present and lo and behold, it's the camera. The replaced camera from when Steve destroyed it when he was going through his douche phase. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so sweet. Nancy bought him a camera. But the plot thickens because we go back to the Wheeler's house and we see the last shot of Mr. Wheeler of the season asleep with his mouth open, which I <laughs> just, just tickled me. And then we see Nancy curl up on the couch with Steve. So this thing that we thought was happening between Jonathan and Nancy is not happening. They're just stuck in this weird sort of sexual tension limbo. Mm -hmm. And she took Steve back. And it's very interesting because she had this relationship developing with Jonathan. But Steve, as we talked about, really redeemed himself. Mm -hmm. So I guess, like, I mean, what should happen in, like, 
on paper is for Nancy to go back to Steve. And that, that's what she did. So she goes back to, and that, but then Steve says, did he get it? Meaning that he was the one who gave Jonathan the camera. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Fucking superhero. Steve has made, he's, he's, he's come full circle. He's redeemed himself and he's, and he's a uh, full steam ahead being the hero. I, so my first, my first thought was, you know, disappointment, like, oh, you know, we, this was all built up for us to get the payoff of Jonathan and Nancy. But then, you know, I, I think real world wise, it, it, it really does make a lot of sense that uh, that Steve and Nancy would would stay together uh, at the very least. If Again, if this was happening uh, for real in the in, you know, uh, IRL, uh, Nancy would would uh, would likely want to stay with Steve, especially since he did go out of his way to, to redeem himself and become a, a bit of a hero. And then, uh, then I also figured, well, actually when, when the series was over, there was, it was, a uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't like an overnight hit. So there wasn't like an, an immediate, it, it wasn't like, you know, just like an, an automatic season two. So there was a little bit of like, ah, that's, that's bittersweet. But I guess if, if this is where we leave off, I guess I'm okay with that. But now that we know there's a season two, it also makes sense. Like, okay, well, this is this is a nice uh, loose end that uh, that that can that we can continue to 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 follow in a, in, in season in season two of the uh, will they won't they relationship with uh, with Nancy and Jonathan, um, and uh, what will or will not happen with uh, with Steve at that point. So 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 that's that's kind of where I am with uh, with that uh, with that storyline. Okay. I am fucking enraged. <laughs> I am enraged. Here's and here's the, yeah, like the, and this is more to the specific of the situation that transpired as opposed to the general relationship dynamic. Like yeah, of course it's the kind of misdirective. We think Nancy's with Jonathan, but she's still with Steve and and uh, what will or won't will they or won't they all that. That's fine. And you know what? I get that Nancy. She's a teenager. She's pro- like Steve is her first boyfriend. And so, and she has feelings for another guy that's complicated and she maybe doesn't know how to deal with it properly. But here's it, like, I'm really pissed off about how this whole camera gift went down. First of all, I think that, you know, I, I will cut Nancy a little bit of slack for her to like make this big thing out of giving Jonathan this gift and give him this very sensual kiss on the cheek. She's totally leading him on, yeah. which is unfair. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit on her too much for that because She's confused about her feelings because I like it's pretty. She has feelings for Jonathan, and she doesn't know what to do about him. So I I get the kiss on the cheek. That's I'll I'll give her a pass on that one. I am not giving her a pass on this camera shit. First of all, giving him a get like that like back then that camera must have been very expensive. Oh yeah. And so like a kiss on the cheek is one thing at, during the holidays especially to give him a friggin' gift. And it's a very sentimental one. It's she knows what it means to him. She knows that he can't afford another one. And saying, "Oh, here's this gift from me," is unnecessarily leading him on to the point where I think it's very unfair. And it's not even like it's a gift that she's giving him. Steve's the one who, like, I assume that Steve's the one who paid for this camera. That was my thought. And, yeah. Yeah. And so, Mister Steve Redemption, whatever, he's the one who broke it. He should have been the one to fucking give it to him. But instead, he's hiding behind that for Nancy to give it to him. So not only is Steve not apologizing, they are setting Jonathan up to be led on by Nancy. And I think that's fucking bullshit. 
I think it's a load of shit. I think Steve should have said, like, forget this Christmas gift wrapping thing. Gone over to John. Like, I mean, part of this apology tour, maybe the stores were closed after he cleaned up the marquee. (laughs) But he should have gone to Jonathan, leave Nancy out of it, and say, I was a fucking asshole. I am sorry. Will you please accept this camera? That is what should have happened. And, I mean, it wouldn't be all good for the the Love Triangle storyline, but that, to me, would have made it right. And the fact that he's hiding behind that is a load of shit. Behind it. He's hiding behind Nancy. I'll tell you what I love about all of that is uh, it, it never occurred to me that there was such potential for, for passion behind the, uh, the, the, the camera Christmas gift. I think even the, <laughs> I think even the Duffer brothers were like, this is a, this is a cute uh, throwaway scene that, that the, that the crap <laughs> I know. I, I think they would be shocked to realize uh, how much you got out of it. And, and not unwarranted. You're not, this isn't a stretch. This is all, is all very logical, the, the, the line of thinking you're going on. I don't, but I think even the Duffer brothers would be like, oh, shit. She's right. We didn't think about, we, those are, the, all those implications are absolutely there. Yeah, Nancy is kind of a, a cold-blooded uh, bitch right now. She's leading him on. Steve's not manning up and apologizing. And friggin' Grinch Will is stealing everyone's Christmas gifts. I don't know who to be more pissed off at, Martin. <laughs> tweet me, listeners. Tweet me. Because I, I like, this shit is wrong. Yeah. It is wrong. Yeah, I, I didn't even know so, I felt this way. But now, now you, I'm coming over to your side. This is, uh, this is, uh, this is, this is angering. And, and listen, you're Canadian. So to even feel this much passion, that, that says something. I, oh man, I'm fired up. <laughs> um, so that is, uh, that's the end of the, the Wheeler house segment and all the drama that you people didn't know was there. <laughs> so now we're at the Christmas party, I, I guess. Um, uh, um, Hopper kind of f- finished up a slurping on Karen and he went over right. to the Christmas party. Um, and he, he doesn't seem to really care or be there long. Like, uh, it seemed like for, for, a you know, the uh, Christmas party at the office, it seemed very, like, a very tame affair, yeah. you know? Like, they're just kind of hanging around. I guess I guess they don't want to... Uh, they, they've had a pretty uh, interesting um, quarter, I guess. I don't know how you measure <laughs> seasons uh, in a police station. But And, and Ho- Hopper's begging off early. So, like, where, like, he must be fucking someone, right? Maybe he's going back to slurp on Karen some more. And, of course, he takes, like, half the desserts with him. Mm-hmm. And so you, you think it's just Hopper being, like, kind of a, a selfish douche and, and and hogging these desserts. But you see him drive into the middle of a Mirkwood or whatever they call the forest and leave not only these treats from the Christmas party in a box, but some Eggos. Oh. So that raises some huge questions. And, and, and here's... So... Uh... Here's what I love about this. I mean, I mean, first of all, the obvious is if he's leaving Egos. I mean, we don't know. It could be pure optimism. But I, I think we're all like, oh, Eleven is alive somewhere. Because right? it's also like, or maybe she's not alive, but he's just sort of, it's like a distant case. But either way, they, they're they planting the seed that uh, that maybe we didn't lose her for good. So, like, that's, all of that is, is wonderful. And uh, I think it's optimism because... If he's doing this and it's a month later, he's opening. There's no egg. I assume that he's been bringing egos to this box for a while. That's true. There's not. There's not right? a pile of egos in there. Exactly. So, so someone eating. And I mean, who? It could be a some other. Maybe it's all the other wills whose last name aren't buyers who are in that woods. <laughs> Uh, also storytelling wise, so, so the Duffer brothers. We talked about this at length, I think, in our first episode of the miniseries about. 
um, amongst their many uh, influences from the 80s, you know, Steven Spielberg was one of their big influences. And um, and Jaws in particular, you could see a lot of the influence of Jaws in Stranger Things. Uh, one of the great storytelling storytelling elements in, in Jaws, which came which came uh, it was came by necessity because you know famously the the mechanical shark didn't work a lot of the time. So then uh, one of the things that Steven Spielberg storytelling wise worked out was the uh, was the floating uh, orange barrels that uh, that you know they shot spears into Jaws. And then the the barrels were were attached. So now storytelling wise, visually, if whenever the barrels turned up on screen, you knew Jaws was there, and it, it, it's great for dramatic tension. But also in terms of like actual, you know, the logistics of filmmaking, when the shark, when you know, when the mechanical shark wasn't working, we now have these barrels that now represent the sharks. So when we see them, it's almost it's almost scarier to see the barrels because you know what they represent. So in that in that same well actually so in the same way in terms of the monster and Stranger Things, uh, the flickering lights became the the floating barrels. And when you saw the flickering lights, that you knew that the monster was near and it was scary. But in the same way, uh, they've they've also built that same uh, storytelling <coughs> symbolism into the Egos. And it, and and I don't even think I don't even think I realized how powerful the image of the Egos became in the show until we saw them there. We don't see Eleven. We just see Egos left behind. We now have so much storytelling invested in these egos that they they're now synonymous with eleven. Just the sight of the egos, you know, lifted our spirits. Like, oh shit, eleven might be okay, and it's only because we saw a fucking ego waffle. Goddamned brilliant. Yeah, fucking powerful for a waffle. Right? Even egos like shit. We had no idea the potential of our of our little breakfast treat. <laughs> Okay, um, well, so I guess there's scene. only one one last thing to talk about. Uh, so it's uh, it's Christmas time, and it's um, I believe it's Christmas Eve at the at the buyer's home here. And so they're um, you know, um, Joyce did the best she could with the dinner. They're all sitting down. The, her and her boys are sitting down to have this Christmas dinner. Um, and and Will's uh, shaking the gifts, uh, the little gift slut that he is. Um, <laughs> what are you just going to open everyone's gifts fucking turkey anyway um and so any okay here, here's something that kind of stuck out in uh, for me so they're talking about will it's it see it's would be apparent possibly that will is receiving an atari for his birthday which is a, a video one of the original video console systems totally. right yeah okay so that house is seemingly completely fixed up Will is getting a video gaming system for his birthday. How the fuck is Joyce affording all this? That is a great question. Right? What if, and I don't know if this is the direction you're going in, what if this is in connection to the deal that was made with Hawkins? That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if, um, because again, they, they were like, I mean, yes, Brenner was creepy. They, they were pretty nice to Joyce. Maybe they gave her some hush money because it's like she's been... For since this will went missing, she's been out of work from her job as a cashier. And I like, yeah, she's been there for 10 years. So maybe she's making a little more than minimum wage, but it can't be by much, I would assume. Mm -hmm. So she's out of and like, this is a kind of job where it's not like she's getting sick leave or something like that. Like she, she's just not getting paid. And when she's getting paid, it's not much. So where is this money coming from? Gotta be Hawkins. Yeah, I can even see Hopper getting into that like may, may, I can easily see unbeknownst to Joyce 
part of Hopper's deal was make sure the buyers are okay. Make sure that the, the, the whatever. I, I don't think he knows the house is torn up, but just make sure the house is fixed up. Make sure they have uh, presents on Christmas. Make sure the kid's happy. Make sure they're taken care of and you can do whatever the fuck you want to me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't think that Hawkins are that nice. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm guessing hush money or maybe, maybe Lonnie's lawsuit came through. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, there's just no room for it. Like, I mean, we've already redeemed one douchebag. Like we don't have room for a second one. Yeah. Yeah. Not this season <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, and so they're about to go for dinner, but then, uh, Will goes to the bathroom. He excuses himself mm-hmm. and, uh, it is not to go jerk off, no. nor is it to go wash his hands. It's a twist. That's what we were yeah. all expecting that. Cause he's been in the upside down for a while. I know, right? Gotta be and, backed up. Yeah. Well, and he is in some way. Mm-hmm. And while he doesn't spit out a huge, massive tendril, mm-hmm. he definitely horks up a little bit of an upside down slug. Yeah. And, and, and as you're, I'm sure you're about to allude to, and we get just a few flickering moments of he's in the upside down, like in his bathroom, and then comes back to the actual bathroom. Yeah. And so we're like, so he, he's not okay. Like he, he's back and he's seemingly normal, but, but things are not okay with Will Byers. Yeah. As, as Spike told Buffy in season six, you came back wrong. Ooh. Ooh. I love that callback. Thank you. Yeah. You're, you were, you were on it today, Martin Lestraps. Thanks, Liz Hersey. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's it. That's it. That's how we we, we fucking finished there. What we a did. great way to end the show. And great... and it's like again when when I, when I first watched it, there was no promise of a second season. So I was kind of like, you know what? This is a fun, creepy way to to end what what, what might be a one off series. We didn't we didn't know there was going to be a second series, a sec, second season. So I would have I would have been totally satisfied with this. Um, but also. This is the uh, the end of uh, Stranger Earth Things. I can hardly believe we made it. Stranger Earth Things Part One. Part One, uh, absolutely. There's got to be a part two. Also, I think um, which, I, I think it is worth noting. So, Stranger Things, the series, eight episodes, season one. Each episode is you know roughly an hour, forty minutes to an hour, depending on you know the episode. So we'll we'll just round up and say uh, eight hours of of Stranger Things. Stranger Earth Things is at minimum sixteen hours of audio <laughs> entertainment. So we uh we we are I, I think it's I think it's I don't think it's off to say that we are twice as good as Stranger Things. <laughs> and like multiply that by a million with the uh other Stranger Earth things. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So we've been talking forever. So we'll we'll do this wrap up relatively quickly. Uh, shop on Amazon. Before you do, go to the official website, martinlestrapshow.com. Go to the Amazon banner. Click on it. Takes you to Amazon. Do any shopping you were otherwise going to do. Amazon kicks back a few pennies our way, which allows us to make the Martinless Trap Show podcast hour as good as we can possibly make it. Also, subscribe Subscribe on iTunes, get the show every week or thereabouts occasionally, like last week. If I'm in New York, we miss an episode. But for the most part, every week, new episode. If you don't like iTunes, go to Stitcher Radio. If you're not a fan of Stitcher, just go to the website, martinlesstrapshow.com. All 177 episodes 
are available and uh you know presumably next week all 178 episodes will be available also as we wrap up as we've been alluding to for the last several weeks especially the last uh eight episodes or so i feel like we have to make it official right this very moment we've got a coronation omg we have a coronation liz hersey this it's it's not just it's just not, it's not talk anymore. It's not it's not potential. This is this is not this is not uh, this this is not uh, something that uh, you know whatever whatever words I would say if I was going to have something else to say. This is real. This is now. You are one hundred percent. Put it on your LinkedIn profile. This is this goes in the books. You are an occasional co-host of the Marginless Strap Show Podcast Hour. There's only been one in history. Ah! So, all my dreams. And all now there's dreams. two. And now ah, there's two. Yay. Oh, well, thank you for this honor, Martin. I'm mm-hmm. so happy. I'm mm-hmm. so pleased. Hey, listen, you earned it. You earned it. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh. So so now this means oh. uh, you gotta so so send us send us a, a new headshot and uh, I will. and, and be- before you get into your dirty Canadian brain that's a picture of your lovely face <laughs> and uh, and we're gonna we're, you're gonna get a you're gonna you're gonna get a whole profile on the uh, on on the website because you are now an occasional co-host love it so happy good so happy this is awesome uh so go ahead and uh, wrap up with uh, how the folks can uh, can find the newest occasional co-host of the marginless Rapture podcast hour if they want to say hi okay well you can find this occasional co-host of the martinless Strap show podcast hour on twitter or instagram if that's your bag at liz ann hersey and please please tweet me about who i should be most pissed off at about camera giftgate please <laughs> please because I, I am, I was enraged when I saw it, and that fire has been stoked ever since. So please help me out. <laughs> yeah, definitely help Liz out. Uh, uh, if you like, you can find me also on Twitter at Martinless Traps. Uh, Instagram is the exact same thing at Martinless Traps. Um, also, as of uh, a week ago, my uh, my fifth book, my first short story collection, Dolph the right. Unicorn Killer, and other stories is available it's available in print as well as uh ebook you can get it on kindle right now it will it eventually it'll be available other places um uh that is uh, up to the discretion of my digital publisher exciting press but uh, for now uh it is available in kindle if uh if that's your bag i'm very excited about it very proud of it uh there there's lots of questions to be answered not the least of which liz hersey uh in in dolph the unicorn killer is there a unicorn named Golden Showers? There's only, there's only one way to find out. Only one way to find out. I'm intrigued. You've piqued my interest. Also, how about this? Uh, is there a unicorn named Pink Gash? Ooh, I like that. Only one way to find out. Buy the book and I'll tell you what it is. Maybe that could be my name if I was a wrestler. <laughs> Pink Gash, yeah. That, that that would actually uh, that'd be good. That that would be appropriate. I be think. apt, very apt. Absolutely. <laughs> well, congratulations on the release of your latest book. I appreciate that very much, and uh, and, and we'll we'll talk soon because you're an occasional co-host, so you will be back on the show it. sooner rather than later. Uh, and that that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for Stranger Earth. Thanks, thanks for hanging with us for 
for the last eight episodes of Stranger Earth Things, and now what the fuck are you doing? Go watch season two. It's waiting for you. So that's 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 literally what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to go start episode three of season two because uh, that's all I've really been thinking about while we're talking about this. So I'm going to do that. Uh, Liz has more masturbating to do as per usual. So until next time, I will see you on the other side. Later, cunts.